Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Stephen Ray Morris here, and welcome to the latest episode of Swift Bites, a weekly See Jurassic Right podcast series where I cover what's happening in the universe of Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, dinosaurs, science, and more. This week, we catch up on Jurassic World Dominion wrapping production, Bryce Dallas Howard's second Mandalorian episode, and some other loose ends. All these bites and more, hold on to your butts right now. Hey everyone, I missed you. It's been a minute. I did not realize that I would be taking like a month, over a month break from the podcast, uh, which kind of sucked. I thought I had COVID. Turns out I only had the flu and it's just been a wild ride, I guess, since the last time that I released an episode, the Whit Hertford episode, which was super fantastic. He's such a gentleman. Um, Go listen to that episode if you haven't. Um, But I mean, it was the last thing up. So I'm assuming everyone's caught up by now because it has been a minute. I apologize for that. And yeah, it was quite a time to take a break. Really, the podcast uh, got into the new and noteworthy section on Apple Podcasts. It was on the front page for like over a week, maybe even more than that, which is incredible. So if you're a new listener here, thank you for joining. Uh, I promise the podcast will be much more regularly 
uh, consistent and scheduled and stuff. And I've got a couple of cool plans for the, for the rest of the year, um, as well as, uh, the Luce Tomlin Brenner Halloween episode, uh, which is finally up now. Um, again, I'm so proud of that one and I'm, I feel really bad that it didn't go up on time, but Hey, uh, Luce's birthday was last week. So, uh, wish her a happy birthday and listen to that episode. Cause it's a lot of fun. I love thinking about, you know, <laughs> just the dinosaur carnage in these movies. But I think the conversation that was saying I had, you know, got a little deeper and stuff. So, um, check it out. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was so rewarding to see the podcast. I mean, it, it went to number two on the film and television charts, uh, in Apple pods. So thank you everyone again for always supporting and listening to the show. Um, but enough of that. Let's get into the stories. So in that time we missed, besides, you know, uh, a new president elect um, and hopefully 2021 won't be as much of a garbage fire year as this year. But look, uh, Jurassic World Dominion wrapped filming, which is wild. I mean, it's, you know, it was such a tumultuous year also just in the sense of like, it, this deadline article, uh, Jurassic World Dominion wraps unprecedented shoot after 18 months, 40,000 COVID tests and millions on protocols. Um, and so, yeah, this is the main article that I want to talk about, but it, it, well, yeah, let's just dive in. Cause, cause there's a couple of things I want to talk about, uh, in relation to this episode. So this came out on the 7th, um, of November and, yeah, the 165 million universal blockbuster. So 165 million. So that's actually because I believe, I think fall like uh, Jurassic World was like 200 million or was it 150 million? I think it was 150 million. Yeah, 150 million was the budget for Jurassic World. And then for Fallen Kingdom, the budget was. Yeah, the budget for Fallen Kingdom, they're listing it here as a hundred and uh they're listing it here as 170 million. So are they saying that uh that the Dominion filming was technically not as high budget as Fallen Kingdom? I find that very interesting. And I I feel like we heard other numbers of like closer to two hundred million or two hundred and fifty million. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't, this, this is out of my area of expertise. Um, but it required 40,000 COVID tests, millions of dollars spent on protocols and for casting key crew to isolate in a bubble for months, which that's the thing I want to talk about in a second. Um, there are a lot of emotions. Director Colin Trevorrow told me last night on his way to shoot the movie's finale, which will include Jurassic Legacy actors Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum, Jurassic World stars. Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard and newcomers to the movie. So I will say this is potentially a spoiler if you think these things are spoilers. Um, but newcomers to the movie, such as Mamadou Athi and Dewanda Wise, who we've heard, who we've separately heard could have a big role in future installments in some dinosaurs, of course. So that this is, this is the first part that is like, ooh, you know, um, just things percolating and, I mean, the idea that they're saying the shoot the movie's finale. So that's kind of rad. I mean, again, sort of spoilers, but that, you know, the finale of this movie includes like it's going to it's like it's I mean, it's funny. I was always wary about these like Avengers connections because I don't 
I don't think that Jurassic really worked in that same kind of way, but I do love the idea of seeing everyone together. That's the thing I've been talking about since the beginning to see Bryce Dallas Howard mix it up with Sam Neill with Laura Dern, you know, that that's the kind of thing. And then obviously this little tidbit that, uh, Mamadou Athie and DeWanda Wise, um, you know, their characters could play a role in future installments, which I really love. I, uh, again, we've talked about that Fast and the Furious article from a while back about Universal and, you know, Frank Marshall wanting to sort of this film not only is going to wrap up the trilogy and the saga that we've, you know, the Jurassic World trilogy and then the, you know, the overall Jurassic saga that we've had so far. But I love the idea of introducing elements and characters and bringing back characters from previous Jurassic movies as a way to sort of reset the plate so that we know what's on so that we know kind of not not where we're going, but it's like, here's all the tools that we can. Here's all the here's all the toys that we can play with going forward. So the I, I do like the idea of introducing new characters that could play. You know, it's almost like this is the little teaser for those characters. And then, you know, we get to see them in their full fledged own later. Um, again, I really hope Macy you know, gets to play a part in that future as well, too. That's just my own thought. But again, I don't know what Dominion is doing. And there's so much going on with Dominion in the sense that, like, it's a lot of it's the the first, you know, Jurassic movie where we've had this cocktail of like, oh, wow, here's our original three trio. Oh, wait, they're bringing the character of Dotson and they're bringing back Biosyn back. And obviously, Dr. Wu's in there and Macy's in there. And now we have these other new people. And also, Danielle Pineda and, uh, you know, um, Justice Smith are coming back. And, you know, Barry, Omar Sy, uh, and, you know, and potentially Jake Johnson, you know. So, it's like, this is... And then also in terms of and i talked to brad just about this on our the on his uh guest spot his most recent guest spot a while back just about how there's all these different locations and things as well too and it's like man we have no idea what's in store for us for dominion so this little bit about mamadou athi and Dewanda wise is just like more fuel to like what where is this film gonna go where is it gonna take us um the article continues i'm not sure i can put into words continues trevorrow it's been remarkable our cast and crew has been so resilient all producers have worked around the clock to make it the best it can be it has been inspiring and yeah i think this article also you know is again part of this continued sort of pr about the COVID testing and things like that um this medical facility called your doctor and yeah the article the deadline article goes back more into sort of all the different testing procedures and things like that and i mean i think it's great i mean you know i obviously want movies to be continued to be made and to be made safely antiviral fog but um <laughs> you know it, it's you know it's it's a lot of it is just you know talking up this stuff so i mean i hope it's as good as it i mean it seems like it is and again, this, I just love this idea of, uh, part of the efforts included a cast and crew creating a bubble at a UK hotel. We lived together, ate together, told stories, shared our fears and hopes, played frisbee on the lawn. There was a lot of laughter at the time when it had been hard to find things to laugh about, explains Trevaro. We were all far from those we loved at the time when you want to be closest to them. I missed my family greatly. I was away from them for four months, but the cast in our bubble became another family. 
and Travar is hopeful that this experience will enhance the final film. I think the close proximity to each other, close proximity to each other has made the movie better. Everything we were going through emotionally, we would share, we would rehearse on Sundays. We crafted the characters, which made the emotion of the film richer. I think the movie will be stronger for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's great. I mean, you know, I think that they're, you know, I mean, movies can be a job just like anything else, um, obviously. And this almost gives me like Lord of the Ring vibes. You know, when you watch the extended edition of those of the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, where even though it was this, you know, big blockbuster that was made, it, you know, it was made New Zealand style. And so it was very, it just felt like, you know, I fell in love with those bonus features because it was like, the camaraderie in the film and it felt like family and you know, there was ups and downs, but you know, it was just like, it made the behind the scenes experience as compelling as, as the movie itself in a way. And so when I read this, I'm like, man, I really hope they filmed something, you know, I really hope they're going to go all out for the bonus features for this movie. You know, think about it. Like you could have a really dope, like hour, hour and a half long feature length documentary about, you know, and think of all the footage of all the people in the hotel together. Um, I think on Halloween, there was like Sam Neill and Bryce Ellis Howard were like, you know, it's just that kind of fun that we've kind of seen. I think really Marvel movies kind of took that sort of, likable behind the scenes thing and kind of ran with it by making you kind of fall in love with the actors and fall in love with that whole experience of making a movie. And I feel like there's really a rich art. I mean, you could have just include all the Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum playing piano together, like all that stuff. I think that would be so fun. I would really love it. I, you know, it's, it's harder and harder to justify, you know, the budget for behind the scenes stuff. But I think, I mean, it seems so far that Universal has really wanted to push the making of this movie out in the open and saying like, Hey, we can do filming during COVID, right? Um, that's kind of, it feels like that's what they're kind of, why they're pushing this so much. So I feel like having a really cool feature length documentary would just be even, chef's kiss you know i mean again to me the making of jurassic park with james Earl jones was just as iconic as the movie uh for me growing up so i think that they have a real opportunity here to kind of pick up that you know baton um and make something super compelling and really cool and you know just just all the hotel adventures and and set stuff and just yeah being all it's almost like a you know a summer camp or whatever but on <laughs> on lockdown so um what else uh oh yeah here we go and then here's some other just kind of i think for people who are worried about visual effects and filming on time and stuff i mean obviously we know now jurassic world dominion isn't going to come out until 2022 uh june of 2022 june 12th i believe um you know, so the filmmaker claims that the restrictions and delays filming was initially pushed from February 2020 to July 2020 and then had to pause and again had, had to pause again in October due to positive COVID results, uh, which I didn't cover. Uh, that was in the middle of my just being sick. Um, but yeah, they just delayed it for I think it almost seemed like it was just delayed for like less than two weeks but um designers spent months handcrafting the dinosaurs and second unit still managed to get to malta um there won't be a need to fall back on additional visual effects he said you won't be seeing whole worlds created digitally um i think a lot of people were worried about that when they decided to scale back the shoot in malta where it was only filming with stunt doubles and they're like oh great like they're just gonna green screen in you know 
uh, Chris Pratt or whatever and stuff. And I'm sure there's some element to that, but I wonder if on, I wonder if at Pinewood, they just took the sort of set elements from Malta and just transferred it to, um, to London, you know, or, you know, to the UK, like, I mean, that happens all the time, you know, I mean, again, speaking of Lord of the Rings, it's like they would, you know, create that, you know, they would do the outdoors and then they would, you know, you'd see maybe inside the Hobbit hole, but then that was a separate set somewhere else. And like, just blending that stuff is really, I don't know if it's easy, but it's possible. And so I'm sure, I mean, at least according to this, they've found a way to not have to sort of sacrifice that. And uh, Trevara continues, I've never been as immersed in a filmmaking process because of the protocols. The actors didn't go far from set. The distance was stripped away. There were things that happened on this movie that I'd hoped to be able to continue on future productions. For Trevara, Dominion speaks uniquely to the pandemic era. This movie is about the need to coexist and survive together. If this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we need the different generations to protect each other. It was the right movie to be making at this moment. It's a long way off, but who knows how the industry will look, but the plan remains to release the film theatrically in summer 2022. So, yeah, I mean, that sounds like all this stuff sounds sounds right to me and... Again, I think it's interesting, you know, different generations to protect each other. I And again, this movie is such a unique uh, because we've seen the model as far as like bringing back movies or, you know, bringing back franchises for a new generation. And something like Star Wars started with, you know, building sort of a strong new generation and peppering in the old one, whereas this one or, you know, sort of pulling back, peppering in the old, the old generation, but also like sort of pulling them back to sort of be something new. Whereas obviously this franchise has done the exact opposite, which is start with basically all new and then work the lore back in. And so, yeah, I'm really curious. Yeah. Dominion is going to be such a, if anything, it's going to be the most unique Jurassic Park film since the original. So, um, yeah, that's the deadline article. And then also, um, Colin tweeted, uh, rap on Jurassic World Dominion. All my gratitude to our extraordinary crew and crew and cast. We made a family. So it's Colin and Dewanda and Mamadou, Athi, Dewanda Wise and Sam Neill all laughing. And <laughs> Colin's got a very like, yeah yeah this is my movie he's got that kind of face and so um yeah it's it's it feels like it feels like filming i don't know yeah it's going to be interesting to look back and next year is going to be super surreal because we've never had like a year between filming or a year and a half between filming and the release uh you know i was watching clayton's video on the wrap of the production and you know right now or closer to the you know around thanksgiving early december and then the super bowl is where we get our two jurassic trailers you know and then the movie comes out in june but obviously all of that is thrown off and are they still going to have a jurassic world dominion trailer in at the super bowl if the film doesn't even come out for it like it would make sense for it to be the Super Bowl after next. And same thing with the trailer, like not, you know, this Thanksgiving slash early December, but next year. But I really hope that they, I hope that they give us something sooner. You know, again, I think all traditional marketing and stuff, and I think all that's just going to be, it's kind of nice in a way. Cause now Dominion, you know, Colin and, and, um, 
you know, Emily and Emily Carmichael and, you know, everybody kind of have time to sit back and relax and kind of look at the material. It's not this kind of like, oh, God, now we got to rush towards finishing the film by the next June, you know, um, now they can kind of just take their time. And I wonder if and I think that's what a lot of people are thinking, you know, uh, the James Bond film was finished in April and was going to come out and then they just pushed it back until next year. And it's this sort of thing like, are they taking time to look at the film again and updating it? Or is it like done? Like it's just going to sit on the shelf. And so it's really kind of unprecedented as far as Hollywood goes, this idea that, I mean, you know, and wonder woman is going to be released on HBO max on Christmas and stuff. And it's like, are things being updated because every single movie could use more time? You know, you always notice those little mistakes and everything. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, films sometimes are, you know, it's, it's probably worse in video games when film, when, you know, when games are rushed, but, um, yeah, I'm just curious if there's going to be any additional tinkering or, uh, you know, pickup shoots or anything like that, or if they're just going to try and wrap up, you know, like, are they going to save money by spending less time, but spending like, are they going to take all of next year to work on the post for the movie? Or are they going to try to wrap up by a certain date? Like, it's just, we've never been in this time before. So remains to be seen. But how are you feeling? Are you excited? Are you bummed? You have to wait a full, we have to wait a full year and a half. How are you going to keep up with, with sort of leaks and stuff? Or now that like, we're in this period of just waiting for like the first trailer, are you going to take a step back? I, I mean, I admit it was kind of nice to step back from the sort of weekly hype machine for a minute. I mean, there was a lot going on in the last month and a half. So, um, you know, besides the election, but it was, I've got, a, I got a lot of ideas for next year of stuff that we can do to tide us over until Dominion, uh, you know, comes out the year, the summer after that. So, um, yeah. Are you excited? Or are you like, ah, just, I just want to see it already. Um, one other little bit of, uh, dress world dominion tidbit, um, which again, I think could maybe count as a spoiler. So, so I don't know, just skip ahead like a minute if you don't want to know. In a more recent interview, Sam Neill confirmed that in Jurassic World Dominion, there is going to be a predator called a Giganotosaurus and is going to be the, basically the big bad of the, of Jurassic World Dominion. And so that's very fascinating because, you know, we're not getting another hybrid anymore. Colin Trevorrow has said that on multiple occasions, even though I think that that's sort of a, I don't know. I, 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 I'm hesitant to take it directly at face value. But again, I, I find this quote and I'm looking at Jurassic World Caleb's, um, uh, hey Caleb. Um, I'm looking at this article on Jurassic Outpost and Caleb, Caleb quotes from the interview. I've just had, uh, of Sam Neill saying, I've just had the last five months working with dinosaurs and it was really fun to do. We have a dinosaur called a Giganotosaurus. Apparently that's the biggest dinosaur that ever, that's ever been discovered. And you know, it could eat you in a second if the guys in the controls don't like you. And so as many people have pointed out, that the the that might mean that we're getting a full size animatronic Giganotosaurus, which is super rad. Um, you know, Giganotosaurus. I think uh, you know. Look at the look at Caleb's article. He goes into detail. Like you know, originally Giganotosaurus was proposed for other Jurassic films and stuff. It's just like another big boy meat eater. Like 
you know me, I'm not much of a, a theropod person. I love Carnotaurus, but you know, a lot of these meat eaters, you know, they all kind of look generally the same. The Jurassic World Evolution Giganotosaurus looks really cool because it's kind of got this like green and blood red modeling with some like little back um, spikes and like nodules and stuff. And I, I mean, I'm look, I'm totally down, you know, I mean, a lot of people make the argument that why, sh- why did we even have hybrids in the first place when they kind of also just look like generic theropods, you know, why not use an interesting theropod that actually exists, which to me, I say, why hasn't Crylophosaurus been in these movies yet? Um, that's a unique theropod, but I, you know, this might just me, me this might just be me not nerding out as much as other people what do you think i mean are you into this idea of a giganotosaurus i'm personally more into the idea of again of this idea of um not using a hybrid you know uh in that sense so and what that potentially means in that sense like is it biosyn making the giganotosaurus and it's like their they're like getting to see maybe more accurate versions of dinosaurs or maybe less accurate stuff like that. So I also wanted to just say briefly, I loved Bryce Dallas Howard's second episode of the Mandalorian that she directed the heiress, which was the episode that spoilers revealed Bo-Katan, which was a Mandalorian in the Clone Wars and Rebels that was played by Katie Sackhoff in animation. And now she's playing the character in live action. I just, you know, I'm full Mandalorian mode right now. Uh, so in Star Wars mode right now, but, um, again, it's just, it, it, what's really cool. So if you haven't watched the gallery, you get to hear Bryce Dallas Howard tell some child stories about filmmaking and being around, you know, some filmic giants, you know, cause her dad is Ron Howard. And then also there's going to be another gallery of behind the scenes of season two uh, premiering, I think Christmas or somewhere around there um, or after Christmas. But it just like the heiress was, you know, such a great episode and her her episode in season one with um, the ATST Walker and the, you know, the sort of seven samurai uh, Mandalorian episode. I mean, both just. She's really great. It just, you can tell that she, I mean, this is the world that she grew up in, you know, not only just, you know, Ron Howard worked on, you know, his movies have always been kind of like mini Spielberg of like some action, some adventure, you know, you know, getting to play with all the genres, getting to play with, you know, from comedy to drama to, you know, action adventure and all that stuff. Like these two episodes have totally proven that she, could you know handle her own you know on a full length i mean i not only would i want her to direct a star wars movie but i would love for her to just direct a future jurassic movie or maybe the entire next trilogy of whatever comes next i really think she's the heart and soul of this franchise right now like when you watch behind the scenes when you see bryce Dallas howard talk about jurassic world you can tell she really loves this world and um there was an io9 interview with the wrestler turned actor sasha banks who played um i can't remember her character's name in the mandalorian but she's like the right hand right hand man to to bo katan <laughs> that's okay um and so Sasha Banks, because she wasn't really an actor. She was just, I mean, I think if you're a wrestler, I think you definitely know how to act. And, you know, it's Shakespeare in tights, as a lot of people have said. I t- totally agree with that. Um, but Sasha Banks, in an interview with io9, she t- 
talked about Bryce Dallas Howard's directing. Um, and I thought this was really great. Um, Sasha Banks said she really, really guided me and really took, took me by the hand because like I said, I was so nervous. She texted me to make sure I was all good. She walked me through everything. If I had questions, she was there for me. Banks said, I was just really inspired by her and how she treated everybody. She was so down to earth. I brought a lot of her energy into my work because of how incredibly she treated me. And as you see, she is getting so much praise for her work because she is just so special. So I think Sasha Banks and I were on the same page. We love, we love BDH. I just think it's that thing of like, you know, you you're an actor, so you're just very aware of what your needs are as a you know a creative person who's bringing a role to life. But because she's directed, and because she's also had a lot of experience just being in this world for so long, I think she understands. You know, it's like the best producers know how to know at least a little bit about all the jobs that they ask other people to do. Um, and that kind of knowledge goes a long way with, you know, respect on all sides and also just knowing what it really takes to get it done. So it's like, you know, when she's been in front of green screens for Jurassic World and then she's directing, you know, folks, uh, you know, on the 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 stage thing for the Mandalorian, it's like she knows that experience of trying to, like, use your imagination to bring something to life. And I don't know, it just... I just think she's great. <laughs> so um, let's take a quick break and then we'll jump back with some other bits and bobs. And I'm going to play some audio for you as well after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, Steven. This is Dusty. This is Ezra. And we wanted to tell you about, we had some exciting news. The Antarctic Dinosaur Exhibit is now at the Natural History Museum of Utah. It opens officially to the public on Thursday, October 22nd. But we went to a special um, members preview on Sunday, October 18th. And we wanted to kind of give you our thoughts on the exhibit. It was so much fun. So We got a cookie at the end. We did get a cookie at the end. Um... <laughs> So delicious. So let's talk about it. It had cryolophosaurus on it. It did have a cryolophosaurus on it. Um, so when we first went in, it was a cool room that talked about uh, going to Antarctica, how you get there, and the things that you need. There was an, an interactive. Do you remember the interactive? Yeah. A computer. And my guy was naked, and I had to put clothes. <laughs> he had to put clothes on him and take the proper tools. And um, 
And then you had to decide what kind of vehicle you were going to take, whether it was a sled dog or a motorized sled. And I guess in the end, how did you do with that? Um, you were successful, weren't you? Yeah. I wanted a sled dog. She said, no, don't do a sled dog. <laughs> uh, next time we go, I'm going to do a sled okay. dog. Okay. So then we go into the second room, and I was super surprised. What did we see when we first walked in the second room? Oh, but when you walk through the room, there's like a tent-like structure set up like you're actually walking into the kind of tent that they um, use in Antarctica. So that was actually really cool. And that was in most of the uh, rooms. So what did you see? And it's a start amphibian. Yeah, so there was a, um, a recreation of an ancient amphibian that lived, an extinct amphibian that lived in Antarctica. That was really cool. And then there was another interactive um, area in that room that you really liked. Do you want to tell us what that was? Magnet. It was a magnet. And yeah. what did you do? So you had to put it all together to make Pangea, Pangea, Pangea. <laughs> you had to put it together so that you can learn about Pangea. And was Pangea hot or cold? Hot. It was hot. And was Antarctica Ooh. part of Pangea? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we went into the next room and it talked about the geology of Antarctica uh, uh, and wow. the challenges that paleontologists and explorers have well, to um, <laughs> have to uh, w that they meet, I guess, in um, when they go to Antarctica. Uh, and there are little videos set up for each section of the geology. And one of them that I really liked was they talked about the when they find fossils and the tools that they use to take the fossils out and they have tools set up to show you what kind of tools people use when they go to take fossils out of Antarctica. So then we go into the best room, I think. Don't you? So what was in the next section? And here we have our... That. <laughs> That's the Mattel Carlophosaurus, if you didn't know. <laughs> Every time you say Carlophosaurus, I'm going to put it. Okay. And me. Please don't. <laughs> so, one of the fascinating things in that room was that they had an interactive computer model of the brain case of a Carlophosaurus. And so you got to see no, the parts of the brain no. and, and what they controlled or what they... Can I say um, that? Yeah, mind blowing. It was mind blowing. It was really mind blowing. They also had um, the f original fossils from the Crylophosaurus. But they had the original fossils of the Crylophosaurus that they found. I was actually super excited about that and um and kind of emotional about it because it was just so cool that we that we got to see these fossils as we were yes. leaving. They had. I was surprised by this, but they had an aquatic reptile. Um, on the way out, set up like as if it were swimming. That was very cool, and I believe it was a relative of a mosasaur. And then um, they also had as an example of the extant dinosaurs that are still living in Antarctica. And do you remember what the extant dinosaur is that's still there? He's acting like an emperor penguin. It's an emperor penguin. Yes. <laughs> so thank you, Stephen. Hope you're doing well. Hope everybody else is doing well too. So have a great day. Stay safe and stay Jurassic. Bye. 
Thank you, Dusty and Ezra, for that lovely voicemail. Uh, I'm so glad you got to experience the Antarctic Dinosaurs exhibit. That that exhibit has such a special place. Obviously, I got to have my birthday there. I got to go to the Chicago one, and we did the meetup. God, that meetup was two years ago. Uh, I miss it so much. I wish we could all do a meetup or something, but we we will again someday. But um, yeah, I'm glad that they, it seems like you got to experience the exhibit in full the way I remember it. Um, and again, that is at the Natural History Museum of Utah, which I've been able to go to. I'm actually curious like where in the museum it is, but um, you know, these special exhibit things, but um, yeah, it's on from, it's, it's on currently until April of 2021, April 4th. So still plenty of time. Again, you have to do reservations. You know, I'm sure they're doing things safe there, um, knowing the museum. Um, I, I can't stress enough how incredible. I mean, again, if you don't know the Antarctic dinosaurs exhibit, I mean, it's truly just, you know, the way uh, they, you know, the way Dusty described it, um, you know, sort of going from sort of like what is Antarctica? How are we down there? How do we dig up dinosaurs there? And then goes into the dinosaurs itself. Um, the Cryolophosaurus being sort of the star, um, which it was a type of, I don't, well, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's related to Dilophosaurus, but it's like even bigger or maybe as big as the, you know, the Dilophosaurus were actually in, you know, real life in Jurassic Park. We just saw a tiny one, Junior possibly, you know, but actual Dilophosaurus are a lot bigger. Um, Crylophosaurus, it's sort of its freaky cousin, um, which I love. And then the Sauropartomorphs and, um, you know, again, uh, Antarctica is like one of my obsessions that I don't have a podcast or anything about because I don't know how I could do something like that. I love Antarctica, but Antarctic Dinosaurs exhibit is just a thing that's close to my heart. So I'm so glad you got to experience it. Um, and yeah, if anybody's passing through Utah, you know, um, mask up and check out some Antarctic dinosaurs. Oh, just in small tidbit news, Jurassic World Evolution is now on the Switch. It's the full complete edition. So that includes all the like Return to Jurassic Park DLC and Claire Sanctuary and stuff like that. So um, I'm definitely going to get it. But um yeah, maybe, but you know, parks, I don't know. I have to give it a chance. It looks so beautiful. It looks so fun. Tom's done a lot of videos over at the Jurassic Park podcast. So check that out. And speaking of Tom, oh, look at this natural transition. <laughs> so if you remember, and I'm glad Dusty brought it up, stay safe, stay safe, stay Jurassic. Tom recently just announced the launch of Cretaceous Christmas. So essentially, I mean, again, and I love Tom. He's he's truly just an angel. And basically, the concept of hashtag Cretaceous Christmas is similar to stay safe, hashtag stay safe, stay Jurassic. And again, this is, you know, it's just a lot of people are spending time apart from their families for Thanksgiving for the first time and possibly Christmas as well. And, you know, I think it's that idea of like making sure everyone's taken care of and nobody... You know, even if you're alone on your, you know, on Christmas, you're not truly alone. And so I appreciate that. And yeah, essentially, if you want to contribute, send a Christmas video or email to cretaceouschristmas at gmail.com to share a message with fellow Jurassic fans this Christmas, messages of positivity and how you're celebrating Jurassic over the holiday season. So, and this is going up Christmas Day. So you have plenty of time right now, but I would just, you know, 
just just get it in now uh, so you're not procrastinating but um yeah i love tom i love this stuff he really cares about the community and really kind of makes sure yeah again this idea that we're all taken care of we're all looking out after each other and just you know sort of enjoying the things that we're going to enjoy in regards to jurassic park and jurassic world so uh, I'm overdue for a Camp Cretaceous rewatch. It, I, I mean, I feel like I watched it probably like three or four times in that first week and a half. So I have two Camp Cretaceous related interviews coming out next week, which I'm super excited about with the author of the junior novelization and also the composer of Camp Cretaceous. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and that just makes me want to rewatch Camp Cretaceous again because it's been a minute. And yeah, so uh, really love what Tom's doing. Hashtag Cretaceous Christmas. I'll start hashtagging everything like that. And yeah, I mean, bring up topics, photos, you know, theories, everything like that. Again, we're a year and a half away now from Dominion. So we've got plenty of time again to speculate. So um, yeah, Tom, this is awesome. And I'll put a link to everything. You know, I'll put a link to uh, the Jurassic Park podcast post about it because that kind of is where you can get all your info. I apologize again for the extended absence, but thank you again, everyone, for supporting the show, for helping it get on the new and noteworthy front page, as well as number two on the film and TV charts. That is so wild. And yeah, I'm hoping that this will be will be uh, back to our regularly scheduled program, but even more so because there's a lot of stuff I want to get. <laughs> I've been meaning to get to before the end of the year. So, um, and I, I, I'm still in, you know, in awe of the overwhelming response to the science series. It seems like everyone really loved that. And yeah, I definitely want to do more of that. I want to be, you know, whether it's, you know, is it a back to school thing every year in September or is it something that I do more throughout the year? I mean, I obviously have, interviewed a handful of paleontologists before and in science communicators and stuff like Dustin and Ashley Hall. But, um, you know, I, I would love it to be just a regular thing. Um, but having it be that series made it really like a really special event. And again, thank you to Acast and Apple and, uh, Abigail who did the logo, you know, the updated logo and everything like, and all of you for making it just like, Oh yeah, this is the, this is the most proud I've been of this show. Um, so that was really awesome. So check out any of that. If you missed any of the science series, obviously check out Whit Hertford's interview. Uh, if you haven't caught that yet, um, I'm dropping the Luce, uh, most violent, <laughs> most violent deaths in the Jurassic series, you know, in the Jurassic Park franchise episode. I'm probably dropping that uh, at the same time as this. I have two Camp Cretaceous interviews that I'm going to be dropping as well. And um, on my other podcast, the Percast, I had Yara Haridi, who was in the science series. I had her on the Percast and Jay Jurassic as well, too, which I haven't had on SJR yet, but I'm definitely going to have him soon. Real sweetheart. Um, yeah, Jay Jurassic over the Jurassic Park podcast. He has his cat Cheetos, Cheetosaurus Rex. Um, so I talked to Yara and Jay on the Percast if you want to get some more Jurassic folk content on another show that I do. So, um, also, I'm going to be in the Jurassic Mag. Uh, they were kind enough to interview me. Um, the Jurassic Mag is just a really cool 
I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like reading, it's like, you know, you're part of the Jurassic fan club, you know, it's like that kind of thing's really rad. And also I'm going to be doing the gift exchange again. So I'm going to get my button gear. And so when this episode comes out, I should have like a link to the secret Santa thing. It'll be in the show notes here. And then also, um, I'll post it on social, um, you know, see Jurassic, right. Uh, SJR pod on Twitter, see Jurassic, right. On Instagram, uh, see Jurassic, right. Podcast, Facebook group, um, and all that good stuff. And yeah, it feels good to be back. And we're going to end 2020 in style. I don't know. <laughs> I'll see you guys soon. Bye. Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.